Welcome to the Sober by Design podcast, where we explore the many pathways to recovery and a better life through conversations with a wide array of guests. Whether you're sober curious, in recovery, or simply looking to improve your mental health and well-being, this podcast will have something for you. Each week, we sit down with inspiring guests from all walks of life who share their personal stories of struggle and triumph, offering valuable insights and practical advice on how to design a life worth living. From addiction and mental health to spirituality and creativity, we cover a wide range of topics that are relevant to anyone seeking to live a more fulfilling and authentic life. So join us on this journey of discovery, growth, and transformation, and start designing a new life. All right, tonight we are uh, hosting the first Sober by Design podcast, and I am very happy to be here with a special guest, um, probably the most special guest that I'll have on the podcast, um, unless she decides to come again. Um, it is my wife, Renee Hennings. Um, Renee is not only my wife, but she is the mother to my two children and a birth doula. Um, and I think that the discussion we'll have tonight will be you know, interesting on a couple fronts, um, but for now, I'm going to let Renee kind of introduce her herself um, and her background, kind of how she grew up, and then uh, right up to when we met, and then we'll take it from there. How you doing tonight, Renee? I'm all right, Corey. <laughs> I haven't seen it's you in really a while. Odd. <laughs> What's that? I said I haven't seen you in a while. I know it's been like well, eighteen minutes. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do without you, honey. Um, so, I was born um, Montclair, New Jersey, in 1976 um, to my parents Don and Nancy, and um, I have an older brother. Um, he is three and a half years older than me. Um, when I was born, my parents were living in Livingston, New Jersey. Um, and then we moved, I think when I was about four to, uh, Essex Fells, very fancy town, lots of money and lots of people with lots of money. Um, what's it called? Um, my dad had his own business as a photographer and, um, he had fancy cars and boats, sailboats. It was his preference. Um, he spent a lot. We spent a lot of time at a place called Spruce Run in New Jersey, which is central Dur- Jersey, down by Clinton, with um, his first small boats, day sailors, and such. Um, and then we moved to Sandy Hook um, with the bigger boats, and then we moved to. Um, Milford, Connecticut, with yet another bigger boat, um, and possibly two or three more bigger boats, um, in still in Milford, Connecticut. Um, that was a lot, a big part of my childhood was spending it on the boat on the weekends, um, pretty much from like May till October. That's what my weekends would consist of. Um, when I was, I think, nine i started going away to sleepaway camp in pennsylvania in uh 
northeast Pennsylvania, Shahola Falls, to Buck and Beaver summer camp. Um, and I was there for five summers um, into my teenage years, early teenage years. And it was um, probably my best experiences of uh, that time in life, um, making some great friends and um, just having great experiences. Um, I went to um, the grammar school in my town, um, had a couple wonderful bullies in uh, grammar school. And um, to this day, I still do not forgive them or forget them, um, which probably is a big part of my my everyday life, unfortunately. Um, and then went to high school, West Essex High School, um, and did okay there. Made some really great friends and enjoyed it, I guess, somewhat, um, as much as you can enjoy high school. And then I went to High Point University for one semester in North Carolina. Couldn't um, couldn't hack being away that far away from my family and decided to come home and went over to Caldwell College. So, you know, a mile and a half away from my home, my childhood home. Um, and I came um, and then the following summer, I met you. <laughs> That's right. Brings us to <laughs> almost current day. Um, that was in 96. So yes, uh, we're talking a long time ago. So no, actually, that so it was 96 that we met. So 94 and then 95. So it was my going into my second year of college that I met you. Yes. So sorry my error no, yeah no. i spent a year and a half at caldwell by the time i met you right yes yeah that is true that's right <laughs> um that was a good wrap-up of your childhood um i do want to just talk on um the one thing that i really gleaned from your childhood um is the summer camp uh yeah. you know much different than my upbringing um you know, I know that you spent time there and, you know, your your brother spent time, you know, away at schools as well. So there was a lot of like away time for you guys. Um, but I think your away time was super positive. Uh, we have VHS tapes of um, Buck and Beaver stuff in our basement that we can't watch anymore. Um, <laughs> you... you we should we, buy it. We should purchase a VHS or a VCR we, we could get just them, so we could watch it. We could get them transformed or, you know, converted to digital. Um, <laughs> or that. Yeah. There was, um, you know, somebody in our wedding party who was a Buck and Beaver person. You, Robin, you, yep. Yes. You went away uh, to England right after I met you with some Buck and Beaver people. So, like, no, 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 no. Dun Duncan. Duncan. No. Well. They were but high point saw, people, yeah, but, but I met I met up with Duncan. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But yes, that's yes. what I'm saying. Like, so this was a huge part of your your childhood. I mean, you know, on the one yeah. hand, you had this super sort of social experience where you were very much at home at summer camp, and then you would go back to New Jersey and and step into this bullying situation. And it seems that somehow 
which makes sense that that one would outweigh the summer camp, right? The summer camp was such a small portion. And then your day-to-day, just school life, were these girls who bullied you. And, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of what's, t- you said, like, you know, it's still part of your daily life. Um, I just wonder, you know, I don't know. I wonder how... How have you tried to deal? How have you tried to deal with the bullying, like as you've grown up? Like, what what steps have you taken recently to try to work through some of that stuff? Well, recently I have worked with the lovely Deborah uh, EFT and tapping um, to move through that issue. Um, Just so, and it has helped me quite a bit. Sorry, what's tapping? tapping so it's certain points on your head right on the top of your head uh right on the inside of your eyebrow on the outside on your temple Mm -hmm. underneath your eye underneath your nose underneath your uh well on your chin right in the middle on your collarbone and then under uh your armpit so these are points that um supposedly, and I do know that they actually work, um, uh, calm your nervous system um, and kind of help your brain somehow process trauma. Um, either looking back on it, like, you know, reliving it kind of in your in your mind or actually in, in the moment of um, doing like, getting through trauma. So like I, I had an instance last summer um, where I had to talk to somebody and I tapped as I was talking to this person mm-hmm. um, about a specific trauma. Um, and I believe fully and wholeheartedly that it was pretty much the only reason that I did not vomit right there um, talking to that person. Um, it was able to, I was able to get through it. I was able to say, the things that I needed to say um, without too much trouble. Right. So it's pretty fantastic stuff. And that's a, that's a very specific type of therapy. And I, and I know about it. I'm just sort of saying like, what is EFT to be silly? I I myself have gone to Deb um, and worked through some stuff. So it is a lot about those points that we tap on. And then I think Deb specifically does a good job of, you know, coming up with things to say through that, that really make you evaluate maybe what you're thinking, you know, reframing mm-hmm. it. And then, you know, somehow through that you're, you know, she's kind of trying to rewire your thoughts a little bit. Um, so yeah. I, ha- I have found that good, but so you use that one a lot mm-hmm. more through for that type of stuff for the bullying yes. trauma, like, okay. So I didn't. Yeah, I mean, she she helped me work on it and work through it. Um, going back and and asking about all the things that uh, these girls would say and do to me, um, and me reliving it and re- thinking about it again, um, and feeling that the, all the feelings that came with it um, at that time, and um, just just getting through it um, while tapping. Right. Right. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of staying on the, I guess, the therapy line. Um, it's probably, you know, 
we could jump around a little bit. Um, so we'll come back to therapy. Let's jump around a little bit. So we met in, cause we were just there. We met in 96 and, um, yep. you know, started dating pretty quickly. Um, and really just kind of got into a full blown relationship within like weeks. And then, you know, soon after I'd say within maybe a year and a half, we were living together. It was, it was quick. I mean, and we were young, we were just children. I mean, we're not much, Yeah. we were not much older than our current oldest child who's 17. Yeah. I mean, 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a lot early on and early on um, in our relationship, we both like to go out and drink and we did that con pretty consistently. I mean, I think yes. the first night we went out, we were drinking in the movie theater. And then... Um, I don't know, really remember that. I mean, I remember the movie theater, but yeah. I don't remember drinking well, we were. at the theater. <laughs> we were. Um, and like, and that kind of continued on. And that was... It was okay, I think, for both of us for a little while. And then, obviously, um, it wasn't okay for me. And, and you kind of were able to shut it down and then I kind of continued on and um you know that is a big part of your life story and a big part of my life story um I know that for you 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 know you kind of lived the other side of it um and now you know me for the past 10 years as somebody who doesn't drink um, mm -hmm. but for a long time I did and I drank sort of way more than I should have um, for a long time and uh, you know you I think just like any spouse sort of asked you know hey stop right and but I, I couldn't um, I'm getting feedback um, but you know I think you know over time that message sort of sunk in um what i would like to know a little bit about is like because there was a moment where we were like the same and then we weren't and like how i guess for me it's like how were you are able to shut that off and like <laughs> and and just be like a normal adult right like um and then today you can still do that you know you are not sober you still have a drink you had a drink tonight mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you could have that drink tonight and then not drink again for like a month like mm -hmm. you're just completely different in that in that realm um you know i don't i don't want you to like relive like all the the awful parts of being with me but more i'm more interested in like you know what that was like to s sort of see you slow down and me kind of continue on that path um you know in your words yeah pretty damn difficult um i when i got pregnant um with when um i had to not drink and we were in massachusetts at that time and really just living our best drunk life um, I can remember a lot of times going into the office I worked at late because I needed to sleep it off 
often, um, you know, hanging out at the Rockfish with you many, many nights a week. Um, and then we got pregnant and I couldn't anymore. Um, and seeing you continue, um, it was, it was difficult, but it wasn't, I mean, I think there was like a little bit of jealousy at first, like, I wish I could be able to do this too still. Um, but it wasn't, didn't live very long in my mind. Um, cause I knew I couldn't drink being pregnant. Um, and I was not smoking it at that point either. Um, or it was very little and then it was not, um, you know, in the very beginning of the pregnancy, it was, it was still like coming down off of cigarettes. And then, then I completely stopped for a while. Um, but uh, it, so at the point where I was not feeling that jealousy feeling anymore, I was pregnant um, and you were still drinking. I think you maybe toned it down a little bit, um, but still like when you were active, you were definitely very active. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it wasn't as often, it just, but it was still, you were, you were a good drinker when you, when you chose to drink. Um, um, it was just like kind of annoying to yeah. me. Um, like, oh, we're going to go out with, uh, Cindy and Laura and Dave and Carice and, um, Corey's going to drink and I'm not. And, uh, yeah, it, it might suck, but we're out with our friends. So it's probably going to be a good time. Um, and it usually was, I don't think I remember a whole lot of bad times, um, while I was pregnant. I can remember Winston being born, um, and us coming home from the hospital before we went back to the hospital for the jaundice lights. Mm -hmm. Um, you having like a big drink when we got home that, that first home and that pissed me off like really really bad like why the f could you not not do that right like why could you not hold yourself back from that um please show show me some kind of respect (laughs) and it wasn't even like a respect thing it was just like probably from i mean from like your point of view it wasn't a respect thing it was just a I'm doing this and I'm celebrating the birth of my son and we're home and whatever, um, whatever it was in your mind. But that, that thing I, I can remember clearly that moment in my mind was very frustrating to me. Right. Um, and then um, what, like eight more months in Massachusetts before we moved home. It was about eight months. Yeah. Um, pretty much a blur of uh, postpartum depression for me. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot. I remember a lot of crying for me, um, not because of you, but just because I felt like crap. Um, And me doing, trying to do things with Wynn to um, be a regular mom, like going to the park and doing stuff like that. Like, trying to do things. Um, and then we moved to back to New Jersey. Um, and we lived in that God awful apartment with the people who always fought downstairs. Um, 
And I somehow think that that made you more of a drinker. Um, and I don't know why. Maybe you felt like you fit in. <laughs> but your drinking was, I think, the worst when we lived there. It was, um, it was pretty bad, you know. I, I will yeah. say that. It was probably, for me, that period of time, and then like right at the end were the worst like those yeah. two, those two periods for me were looking back like the most miserable um and on my end you know i was seeing you you know struggling with the postpartum and we were in that crap hole apartment um you know i think both of us had some some amount of regret of moving back like almost instantaneously and um here we still are 17 years later um, in new jersey but um you know things have changed but you know that yeah. moment in time like it, it was rough it was a rough moment in time you know there was it there were great moments and there were some really bad ones um and I think, you know, my drinking was, was really bad then. Um, we moved, finally we moved uh, back to like the country area. And I think it kind of maybe came down a little bit. Um, and then- Yeah, I mean, we went, we went to West Caldwell. Yeah. And then we went to- um, I just Franklin. think that whole time in that, that area was just not great. Like I just really just, that was like, one of the worst times for me personally um don't know why or what you know i um in that time period i think i tried aa maybe once or twice um never stuck you yeah. know um you know i was hearing you i was hearing you just wasn't sticking you know yeah um and then when we moved back i think you know, again, there were some ebbs and flows. And then, you know, um, we did finally end up at um, Betsy's office. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we went through couples counseling together, which I think is like one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, maybe probably the best, you know, there's... Uh, because now we can have like a conversation like this and it's not tr traumatic. I mean, yeah. I don't know if some couple just had that conversation, they might like not talk to each other for like a week, but we're okay. We're cool. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And what she did for us. Yeah. And Betsy did that for us. And then I think she did stuff for us each individually too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, for you, I don't, exactly know like what you took out of Betsy but I'm going to tell you like for me my time with her was you know it was so you know I was struggling with my drinking at that point and it was bad and I would go in there and I would have issues you know be a, you know work or you know something around the house or you know this is still going on with Renee or Winston did this or you know Desmond's crying all the time and you know, she just kind of kept... Was he, was he? Uh, was, yeah, he was yeah, born, he was like, at the end of her... He was born. And, yeah. you know, the, the thing was, like, she would... 
kind of always go like, well, are you drinking? You know, like, and, and I always try to find a way around it. Like, you know, some, some avenue around the drinking part of it. And she just kind of always came back to it and not, not a hundred percent. The reason that I ended up, you know, getting sober on um, September 4th, but I don't think I would have done it if I hadn't had all that time with her. So like, I really feel like she is like such an integral person in our like family's story, you know, and it's just this random person that just, <laughs> you know, we put, picked out of like a, probably our healthcare book, you yeah. know, um, just kind of amazing how that kind of works out. But for you, I'm sure you took other stuff out of it that your time with her, but yeah. Um, you know, again, just, you know, I think we are both pretty big advocates of mental health and going out and talking to people and, you know, there's Betsy, there's Deb, there's Teresa, there's Jodina, there's, you know, I'll yeah. even throw Miss Linda in there, you know, for helping Des out. So, yeah. you know, I am always a big fan of if you're having trouble, either yourself or your children or you know, your spouse with your spouse to go talk it out. Cause like, yeah. we, we just don't it makes know. A difference. It's amazing to be able to get point of view from somebody who is skilled in helping problems uh, like this, you know, like mental health problems, family problems. It's, it's really wonderful. Right. That these people exist. Right. Right. And for us, I think in the couples therapy, one thing that I really think was important is like there might not have been great modeling in our pasts about like what like this relationship should look like, like a husband and wife relationship should look like. So sometimes, you know, I think people some people come out of situations where like they have a great model for everything. And, you know, I, I know I personally, my model was a little bit broken, right? I had divorced parents and, you know, truth be told, both of those parents then got divorced again. So like <laughs> the modeling I had on my side was maybe a little bit, you know, off. Um, not to say that I didn't pick up good things from each of those people, but mm -hmm. the husband wife dynamic, I think maybe wasn't a hundred percent dialed in and, yeah. you know, I don't know for you how you feel about that, but I think Betsy helped me at least on that end. And, you know, I think that that was an important thing. And um... I think she helped me a bit with my parents. Um, I didn't, I think I was just kind of like kind of figuring out my parents when I was seeing her, like uh, figuring out that my mom and, and my dad are alcoholics. Um, not, and I didn't really see it as, as soon as maybe you did, or, um, maybe she did, uh, that my father is an alcoholic, but, um, I do see it. Um, but I was just kind of like, I started going to Al-Anon, um, and it was mainly because of you. And I always told you that it was more because of my mom, but, um, it was, also because of my mom, you know, I was trying to gain knowledge of, of how to deal with it. Um, 
and Alan was a good help, um, you know, taking what I, I needed from it. Um, not all of it because not all of it is for me, but right. um, some of it was really, I don't know, gave me some nice insight onto, into um, being a family member of an alcoholic, um, both my spouse and my parents. So um, anyway, um, what I got from Betsy about my family life growing up, um, I mean, it was, it was a little bit about the alcoholism in, in my home. Um, uh, a little bit about bullying. Um, she was ironically from the same town that I grew up in. Um, so right. she knew a lot of the people that I know um, or knew. And uh, it was really a bizarre thing. Um, but uh, it was helpful. Um, she she gave me a lot of help th through that as well. I mean, not the tapping stuff, not the EFT, um, but she did do EMDR, which was also very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of lots of options for people with any any sort of trauma, honestly, like sure. anything you can think of there's so many options that are helpful. Yeah. And I, like you had mentioned before the postpartum depression with Wynn and um, you know, that I think was a very big moment in your life. Um, you know, and I was there through that. And then, you know, you had another big sort of health moment, mental health moment like that too um, in 2018 I believe it was 2018, right? Yeah. So it was a little yeah. bit after my mom passed and yeah. you were um, just a huge rock in that whole thing. Um, you know, you were there for me and Winston and everybody and you were going to her house because I was working and we needed to clean it out and nobody else was like able to. And so you took that on and you spent probably, well, no, definitely an unhealthy amount of time in her house alone. And then that manifested in just like a shutdown. Um, yeah. Um, right? Really, really frightening. Um, uh, yeah, I spent, I don't know, from, let's say, like, around now, like, this time of year, like, maybe March um, until June, um, once a week, approximately, um, maybe even earlier, maybe it was, like, February it where was, I started going, um, probably at least once a week, going to her house and packing stuff up, throwing stuff out, um, once in a while, somebody would come with me, whether that be you or David, or June, um, um, and helping me out, or her friend Lisa. Lisa would never really come over and help out. She would just let me come to her house <laughs> and cry a little bit and then go home, um, which was very helpful. Um, and um, it was really disturbing um, doing that. Uh, whether it be on my own or with anybody else, it was, um, I don't know how I got through it. I really don't. Um, but I, I, just I don't either. Know that it needed to get done. Um, 
because nobody else was going to do it or was not able to do it or was not allowed to do it. Um, You know, all sorts of things were coming into play where where it needed to just be me. Um, So I did it. Yeah. And then, like I said, we we kind of lost you for, I would say, you know, three months. You were just like yep. sh- shut down. It was yeah. It was, so like, not we sold her. Nothing. We sold her condo. Um, and the day, the day we moved all the rest of the furniture out, and like the closing was, you know, a day or two away or whatever. Um, my parents were down helping us out with the kids while you and me and Debbie's son. And I think that was it doing like all the heavy stuff. I can remember like pulling down the the gate of the truck Mm -hmm. and then just like feeling like I can let it go now. Um, And I like let myself go and I was a mess. I, I couldn't really function um couldn't drive yeah couldn't take our kids places yeah but you know i think the thing that came out of it was you know you found Teresa, and again you know the idea that there was this was a dire moment and you were able to know what works to to pick yourself up you know it took a little bit I, yeah i really had no idea what know, worked because nothing was working i mean but I, it, it I, did it just took a little time but like yeah. it, you knew where you had to go right it wasn't like you understood that i think and you know somebody who would have been in that situation that had never gone to therapy might have pushed it away you know and yeah. i think that you know, just having been through it a couple of times was, was really critical um, because it was a, it, it was different. I mean, I lived through the postpartum and then I lived through that with you. And I would say the second go around was much worse. And I thought the postpartum was bad, um, yeah. you know? Um, so, but again, the therapy was there. Um, yeah. You know, I don't want to just stay on like sad stuff. So a little bit of the uh... yeah, please, please let's <laughs> no. so move on again. You know, I am lucky enough to have on my um my favorite doula, my my that I know um do know other doulas, but they can't be my favorite because you're my wife. So kind of a second favorite doula. Um, I guess I want to ask a little bit about the you know. What made you, well, first off, for people who don't know, maybe explain what a doula is and then explain why you wanted to be a doula. Okay. So a birth doula is um, someone who has birth experience, um, typically. Not all doulas have had uh, birth birth experiences, um, but most do, um, who comes to be with a woman in labor Uh, or who will be going into labor um, to help her emotionally and physically try to be as comfortable as possible. So um, reassuring words, um, coaching, so to speak, um, 
physically helping her. So massage or changing of positions or aromatherapy or, you know, anything that the mom might find uh, to be helpful in to, and to, might be the most helpful for not feeling as much pain or discomfort while in labor. Because labor really sucks. It hurts like a bitch. Um, and it's difficult, for, especially for first-time moms. It's long and it's hard and it's frustrating because you don't know what is going on and you've never felt this pain before. And um, so a doula is there to kind of like talk you through that and making sure that it's normal, that this feeling is normal. Um, you know, those kind of just comfort measure, bringing comfort measures in while the, the woman is in labor and then also helping the spouse, um, you know, working as kind of a team with the spouse, if there is a spouse or, you know, a partner of uh, whatever kind, helping them help the woman in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spouse or partner knows the person in labor as, you know, as closely as, as you and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to look towards the partner to, you know, is she going to like it if I rub her shoulders? Um, is she, does she like essential oils? Um, you know, those kinds of things when, you know, she's focusing on getting through this next contraction, I can say, you know, so-and-so, um, does she really like this kind of thing or, or is it a no? Um, and they're generally really eager to help um, say, you know, this is what I can do for my wife or my, my partner. Um, I can tell the doula, yeah, she likes that or no, definitely not. Do not touch her feet. Do not stroke her hair, anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's what a doula generally does for a mom um, in labor. Um, me wanting to become a doula um, after when was born, um, or maybe even when I was still pregnant, um, I read an article in some free parenting magazine about doulas and wow that sounds really cool I remember my cousin's wife having a doula and we were having our babies we were due right around the same time and I remember talking to Pua on the phone saying you're not going to need a doula you can totally do this by yourself um and she um she ended up having a c-section um and he was born her son was born seven days before Winston Mm -hmm. uh little did we know it I mean I was due a month later but when decided to come early. Um, and then, you know, I had Winston's birth experience. And while Corey, you were a great help um, and exactly what I needed, I also felt that um, you would have been more comfortable um, and happier to have somebody else there with us, um, helping us along. Um, and I, I know I would have um, appreciated you know, just having some guidance of, of like, yes, this is normal. Next, you're going to feel this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think it would have been really helpful for me. So in that article, I read about it. Um, and it was pretty much the coolest sounding job ever. You know, I had been in office jobs, admin jobs um, since, you know, college um, or before college. Right. And uh, it was terribly boring and um, did not make me happy. 
at all. <laughs> so um, this this sounded ideal, and it it has been. It really has been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, just going back to Winston's birth, I you know we had uh, the midwife uh, midwives for that birth, mm-hmm. and yep. my when we did that, I thought that those people just stayed around and were like with us the whole time. So when we were there that day and we spent what 90% of that time, just like with me and you in the room, it was kind of like, Oh, I thought they like were supposed to be here. So, yeah, you know, no, that's a duel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Well, now I know that. Now, you know, yeah. yeah. Now I know. Uh, yes. Now you Two. know. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think it is it is a great profession and I can see it, you know, in in you when you come home from a birth or, you know, even just when you're talking to people about it, you know, you're very passionate about it. And it's, it's a very like noble profession, right? Like all of the women that I've met that that perform that perform doula work. Is that what that is? Perform sure. doula work. They doula. Um, so... <laughs> Um, you know, they're all very kind people. Um, I don't know that I've met one that hasn't been nice, you know, they're all very nice, kind people. And, um, you know, you all seem to love what you do. And the ones who I've met and don't do it anymore, there's probably a reason like why they're not doing it. You know, I just think it's, you know, you have to really resonate with a bunch of different people, um, you know, have very, very intimate uh, connection with somebody in, in a very, like, personal <laughs> moment. I mean, it's yeah. the birth of your children is, like, by far more profound than, like, a wedding, right? Oh, yeah. And you're letting, yeah. you know, you're letting this person into that space. And, yeah. um, you know, so you've been part of, like a lot of moments for people and it's pretty incredible really like it is yeah i mean there's like uh you know some of the kids they're like kids now they're not just babies you've been doing it a while so i know it's nuts yeah like they're gonna be getting driver's licenses soon yep which is really crazy and you yeah you have a hard time when that happens when gabby gets her license i'm gonna have a hard time (laughs) But you've been doing it and like, you know, so you perform that service, um, you know, you've gotten engaged at, you know, the birth center where you're an educator there. And um, then you started to do so um, when we had Desmond, we, we, yes. had, we I'll tell the, I'll tell the story because I think it's better okay. coming from me. Okay. <laughs> um, we had a home birth. You said, like, I want a home birth, and we have midwives, and we're going to have a doula. So I was I was okay with the midwives. I was okay with the doula. The home birth, I was, like, 50-50 on at the start. And then, you know, throughout the meetings with the midwives, I got more comfortable, and, you know, all that went well. And then at some point, I think uh, – and we can talk about the home birth in a minute because that was that was actually very cool. But um, the I guess it was probably maybe a couple months before you said to me like I think I'm gonna get my placenta encapsulated to deal with postpartum 
depression and I was had no idea what you were talking about and then you explained it you know and um you know now you you do that too so mm-hmm. you're you're encapsulating placentas for women and that is you know a tool as far as i understand it it helps them you know deal with possible postpartum depression and yeah. lactation issues and there's probably some other stuff that it does i don't know energy energy and- yeah yeah. 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 So it is, you know, when that started, I was a little weirded out. I think I'm better with it now. I mean, it was, it, it's a little different. Better. Yes. It's yes, different. You are. It's a different thing. Yeah. Um, yes. But, you know, again, something that I think, again, you're providing this service to people and they need it. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I really do like seeing you succeed in this world and um you know the joy that it brings i know sometimes you know these 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 experiences can be difficult they could be long they wear you out but i'd say 95 percent of the time you come home and you're you know very ecstatic you know very rarely very rarely and you know it's on the ones where you're gone for like 36 hours yeah, a day home. and a half yeah. or something awful yeah. like that. Yeah, you're yeah. worn out, but that that even goes away. You know, then you mm-hmm. see the baby, and you're like, okay, everything's good. Um, yep. Yeah, the home birth was good for us, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was good. That was like, that's like pretty hipster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it to be hipster. No, but it is pretty hipster. <laughs> um, the uh, I was I was nervous about it at first, but it went well. And, you know, again, I think this is, you know, I, I was, uh, I wasn't, I was like in an okay spot at that point. I was still drinking when Des was born, but I was in an okay, like wave pattern. Like it was okay. I mean, I was, listen, I was able to set up the birth room. Like I was, you know, home that night, set it up, True. you know, so like something was going well. So um you know uh a very good experience though and one that i'm happy that we had um yeah me too yeah yeah and you know overall i think you know this this job for you um it's it it doesn't like define you but it's like it's been so good for you for this period of time. Like I, I can't imagine you as like a legal secretary, like you were, like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, now, like looking back, it makes zero sense that that's what you did. You know, now that you have been doing this and it's like, this is exactly what you should have been doing, you know? And, you know, maybe if you had, you know, maybe latched onto psychology more, you know, maybe you were a therapist, something, but obviously you were meant to deal with people in, in some way, shape or form. And that, that's been really, yeah. really nice to see, you know. Thanks, honey. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I guess, like, I'll, I'll just give you one kind of big last question because, you know, I would like to know a little bit. But, you know, we are, we have two kids, one's 17 and he's, going to be going to college. Yeah, there's 11. So we have 
you know, there's a horizon for us, you know, like where things could change, you know, seven years down the road, 10 years down the road, whatever it is. And, you know, we've done a lot of different types of things in our life and we have a lot of interests. Um, what's next for you? Is it just going to be, you know, continuing to do the doula stuff? Do you see anything else happening? Like what, what do you want out of this next phase, this next, you know, five to 10 years? Um, well, I think we, we both have kind of a lot in our um, waiting for us um, with the work that we might have to do for our youngest child. Um, you sent me that Instagram thing today. I think it was today um, about continuing to champion for our, our kid because um, I know he's going to need it. Um, so I think that is going to be a big part of our life in the next, you know, five to 10 years while he is in school. Um, and I want to continue being a doula, though I don't know um, what that holds as far as um, hospitals that are now making all sorts of rules and contracts for doulas to sign when they come in for a birth. Um which is really frightening to me. Um, I, uh, I don't hold the certification with a well-known entity. Um, I started with Dona, which is probably the largest entity um, for doulas uh, to get certified through. Um, and I let that lapse um, because I didn't want to have to do all the paperwork um, every other year and pay all the fees all the time. Um, I thought it was insane. You know, I, I didn't want to have to, you know, ask doctors and nurses to sign a couple pieces of paper every time I went to a birth. It was just like, mm. why do I need to interrupt that moment? Um, uh, being there for a mom um, and, and also having her sign a paper um, saying that I did good or didn't. Um, just doesn't feel right to me. So now that hospitals are also kind of putting kind of similar thoughts and ideas um, ahead or into their system so that doulas will not um, misbehave is uh, really what it is. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we can't bring anything that we could plug in. So we couldn't break, we can't bring diffusers to hospitals anymore for essential oils. Um, we can't bring, uh, lights like Christmas lights to make a nice uh, um, atmosphere in the room. Um, you know, those kind of things that would just, just kind of BS to me. Like if it's going to help a mom's labor go better, why not? Um, it's not going to be dangerous. The doula is going to be watching, you know, make sure, <laughs> making sure nothing is catching on fire. Um, you know, it, it, that's not what a doula does. It's not we're not making anything dangerous. We're making things better. Um, so lots of hospitals in New Jersey are now making these rules. So it makes me nervous for our future. Um, wanting to participate in hospital births mm -hmm. and willing to participate in hospital births. If these rules are put in place in every hospital, which it's starting to feel like that's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, 
we're ending the time in New Jersey where home births are being allowed as well, um, with or without a midwife. Well, with a midwife. Um, you know, I think uh, the, the home birth that I'm going to be a doula for in June um, is one of the last that uh, the midwives in New Jersey are going to be doing. Oh, really? Because I didn't know that. Because they don't have a uh, a backup doctor hmm. um, to who will approve um, a home birth patient um, anymore. So they're going to stop doing it. So is this which is Jersey, or is this other states as well? Um, I, I'm sure it's, it is it, the case in other states. I just don't know the particulars because I I don't live there and I don't work there. Yeah. Um, some, some, uh, some states, I know it's uh, like literally against the law to have a home birth. Um, like you could go to jail. Really? So, which is not so. Um, so it, I, I don't know what's going to happen um, as far as doula work in the future. Like I just, it's really up in the air right now. Um, Placenta work, I'll keep on doing that forever hmm. because if I can, I will. Um, again, if hospitals are going to be crappy about releasing placentas, which they really are. Um, a lot of them are very difficult. Um, then I will continue to, I, I will do it less. Um, but if, if they get a little bit better about it, I'll keep on doing it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, did um, I answer the question? Yeah, you did. You did. I was hoping that you would say like, uh, we're gonna move to like Italy and you know, just make pizza." Okay, and... I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to move to Italy though. No, I, I don't think Italy's for me either. Um, I'd, I'd rather work like move to like Northern Europe. Okay, I'm, I'm down. They're really. I mean, like England is awesome about home births. Like that's mainly what they do. So and we can speak um, that language. Huh? And yeah, and we can speak the language. That's yeah, pretty good. Ireland, yeah. Scotland. Yeah, all of them. Good for that. All, we can speak all of them. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, that that kind of hits it. You know, I just didn't know if you had any like, um, major plans that I wasn't aware of. So I figured this was a great. No, I think. Great, uh... Great venue to ask and be shocked on. Um, you know, a couple, couple other things that I just wanted to hit on. Um, you know, and this is more, I think, how I'm going to try to end these podcasts. Um, you know, my goal here in this show is to, you know, obviously help people in recovery, but also help just anybody live a better life. You know, when I, I first got sober... Um, it was like, you know, it was through AA, um, and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the feedback that I got in, in the rooms and from other people there was very much like, you know, it, it's like your recovery is all there is. And, and it, that's true. Like my recovery is very important, but like also the life I live outside of it is super important to me. And I've made sure that I've you know, over the past 10 years lived my life. Like I didn't, I didn't get sober to, um, you know, just go to AA and like 
think about recovery all the time. I got sober so I could spend better time with you and better time with the kids and, you know, be a better friend and be a better, you know, professional in, in my day job and all, you know, yep. all, all of those things. Um, so when, when, you know, my goal here through this podcast is to try to give people tools, you know, something to take away, um, to kind of put into their everyday life, something small, um, you know, obviously you're not in recovery, so you don't have recovery tools, but you know, I think that your, you know, your whole story of mental health is huge. And, you know, I think that is a big, always a big driver with people who are, you know, misusing substances. It's just, you know, there's always a, for me, it always seems like there's a mental health issue underlying it. Um, you know, and a lot of times people just are self-medicating and mm -hmm. not, not really doing anything else. They're just sort of, you know, if I could just numb out that thought, you know, I'm good to go. And, you know, so what I'll ask is, um, you know, just for you, what's been the best tool that you've used, um, you know, specifically in regard to your mental health as you've, you know, overcome postpartum and overcome the trauma of you know dealing with my mom's death and you know that whole shutdown like and dealing with you know an alcoholic husband like you've had a lot of challenges and yet here you still are and you seem to be thriving like what what's been the best tool therapy therapy i mean all of it like all the different kinds that that i've uh had the pleasure of, of going through um, and learning from, it's all been very helpful for me. Um, you know, in, in the, it was early on, it was Betsy. And then, um, then it was, you know, nothing for a little while. Um, and then it was Teresa. Um, and, and then it was Deb. Um, it's um it is a huge part of the reason why I am here right now. Not to say that I would be, you know, contemplating suicide, but that that I am in this home, that I am, you know, present in um with you and the boys. It's uh it's it, it saved my life. Um, and I have, you know, Betsy and Teresa and Deb to thank for that, um, to thank them for bringing about in me the knowledge and the power to come back to myself. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So talk therapy, find somebody, um, you know, to just talk to. It's, yeah, it's so, I mean, it's, it's so it, you got to find the right person. You got to right. find what clicks for you, um, what um, you can afford. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like that is a huge reason why people don't go to therapy is because they can't afford it. And nowadays, everybody is booked. Um, it's very hard. And, and has like, you know, I, I was talking to Teresa the last time I saw her, the person who was the therapist who was in her office, the, the office mate, um, she 
doesn't take insurance anymore um, and is charging people like $800 a visit. Right. But there's options How, out there. There's options. Like there are yeah. options. There's totally a ton of options. Um, you can do stuff online. You can, right. you know, you can have therapy online, which is probably a big savior um, for most people yes. um, having that possibility. But for the people who can't find that or don't want to do that, um, having or having to go see a psychologist is psychiatrist, whichever one gives drugs. Um, that is crazy. They're, expensive yeah um and impossible i mean but, we see it with with win's friend well um I, there's there's things that are out there that are f- you know free free-ish resources you know in communities you know we we utilize the the quinlan center you know when my mom died and that was yep. low cost you know there's not a ton of visits there but it is a you know in in dire emergencies there's things in communities that people can get to it takes a little bit of research but they're out there and i just want people to know that they're out there and to to lean on them you know and we we donate a lot of money um to 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 write love on our arm and Mm -hmm. um you know they have resources so you know um i guess i can put links in this podcast thing and i will definitely link to that as a resource because i think they're a great resource that yeah. gets people to help when they need it you know there's just yeah. so much i think there's so much focus on it but you know i've seen it in action with with you and me how it works i'd say probably you more so than me like i've seen huge shifts with with you so um you know i know that it it's a thing so and then, you know, I mean, something else that helped me move out of the severe depression after your mom died was Lexapro. Yes. And, you know, not being afraid to be on medication to help you over that that sure. that really big hill sure. of depression um, or whatever else you might be dealing with is um, is a great tool. Yeah. It really can be. Um and to find the right medication is also really important. Um, the right dosage for whatever medication works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big, made a huge difference. I mean, I don't think I would have been able to go to South Carolina on vacation if I wasn't on Lexapro for like a week. You wouldn't even been able to go that. to therapy. I mean, in reality, it, it was, you know, that tool let you get out the house. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Without that drug. I mean that yeah, yeah. like along with therapy, it, yeah. it was it made the it made it the world work for me again. Right, right. And really good. Yeah. And you know, those those drugs are there for a reason. And, you know, people sometimes well, so people in my world, in the recovery world, sometimes shy away from those types of things. I you know uh, what, about two years ago probably I was on something for about a year um, just as like a stopgap because it just was too much. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on and I just knew like, all right, I need something more right now. And um, you know, it, it helps. It helps. You know, it's not, it's not a sign of weakness. None of this is a sign of weakness. And I think that that's, I know, but I think that 
many people are afraid that it is of course. even with, within themselves. Like they don't have to tell anybody they're doing therapy or taking medication, but they still find it like see it in themselves. Like that makes me bad somehow. And it totally doesn't It just makes you better. Right. Right. I mean, it is a, you know, some people don't want to go to a therapist because, you know, they're too, you know, masculine for that. And they can just kind of gut out the problem or, you know, they know better or, you know, I can do this without, without medication and I'll just, you know, white knuckle it. And, you know, I think as we progress in time, some of those stigmas are going away around this. I think the, the discussions are a little bit more open, but I also yeah. do still see people hesitant to maybe go talk to somebody, you know, yeah. um, you know, but the more people share their stories like you, um, the more people will maybe understand the benefit that it has and, and yeah. be more willing to, to do that. Right. And, you know, that's why I, talk about my recovery in hopes that you know it hits a random person and you know changes their life or you know just the more open everybody is i think the better we are um so yeah thank you for that I, the medication's a huge one because i think sometimes you know that's kind of left to the side like eh, you know that's just for you know crazy people you know and it's not yeah. that it's just you know, sometimes life is so overwhelming that you need it. Just the truth, right? It's like, yeah. that's what it, that's what it was for me, right? Mm -hmm. Brother died, dad had an aneurysm, work sucked. You know, I was still coming yeah. off of dealing with like, whatever. And it was like, I just knew, you know, like, okay, that something is going to give here. So, yeah. you know, but again, I, I kind of understood, okay, it's not that I'm crazy, you know, and there you go. You can, you can get it. Um, you can get it online now. You can literally, you can literally go on like, uh, any of these Was it hymns? hymns. Yeah. They sell dick pills and, and, uh, <laughs> antidepressants. Yeah. So you just it's go great. there, right? Yeah. Or hers. Or hers. I don't yes. think they sell dick pills on hers, but they... Not dick pills, but, you anxiety know. Anxiety pills, yeah. Um, and I think I can grow hair there, too. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, it's so available. I mean, you go on, you fill out the, the questionnaire, and you can get, you know, your medication right there. It's And it's not that much more expensive than you know, you would get it with a prescription card. So it's like yeah. all the resources are there. So people just got to know where to go. And I think people in in those states sometimes don't know where to go. You know, so the more that, you know, you talk about it or I talk about it or we put it online and it's on Instagram and, you know, it just, I think it'll just get into the culture and people will know, okay, I can get this help. And that's so important, yeah. you know. Yes. Um, all right. So the last thing, and this is another one I'm going to do. So I, I prepped you for this one. Uh -huh. So every week, because my plan is to, to be putting these out weekly. Um, we'll see how hard the editing process is. Um, but I want to leave everybody with, because we both really like music and we like sort of the arts and all that stuff. So I want to leave everybody 
at the end of every episode with, you know, three things from my guests, then I'll probably give a couple. Um, favorite artist, musical artist currently, uh, a book that you're really liking, and give me a TV show or a movie um, that you've seen recently that you might think somebody might enjoy. Okay. So a book um, that you gave me a while back, Handmaid's Tale. Um, it's an old book and it's a show now on Hulu. Um, I'm just completely fascinated with it, um, particularly the show. Um, the book doesn't, at least the, the one book, the Handmaid's Tale book that I read, um, doesn't go as far into the story as the, the show does, but um, like in time as far um but it was truly fascinating and disturbing at the same time um and if you love being a woman um i would really recommend reading it really an amazing story um not truth but not far from truth either um or what could be true um so that's the frightening part. But um, so that's the book that I would recommend. Um, TV, uh, Ted Lasso. I am totally loving it. I love that we can laugh together at a at a silly show. Um, but it's really great. It's not totally stupid. It's not uh, you know that like gross comedy that some of the time we've watched in the past. Um, but it's got a little bit of weirdness to it. And it's just, I, I love, I love hearing you laugh, Corey, because <laughs> we don't do it a whole lot anymore. And uh, I think uh, we need more of it. And it's, it's awesome to both of us be laughing at a show. Um, I'll give you four. I'll give you all four. Um, the movie I watched last week, the whale is the new, the new newer movie from, late last year, I think it came out. Um, and uh, it was really fantastic, a really sad and difficult story, um, but really done so well. Um, recommend it definitely to, to watch it if you can. And my favorite music at the moment, um, well, is always Dave Matthews, but I really love Brandy Carlisle. Okay. She's an amazing artist and uh, I love all of her music. And I love that she loves to duet with people um, of all sorts, you know, like all genres of music she will sing a song with. And it's really cool. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, I, again, I'm getting weird feedback. I am going to go with a couple of different things today. Um, so I was going to say Ted Lasso, but you took it because it is, <laughs> I mean, you know, having, coach soccer for a while and um just kind of knowing a little bit about the game but boy it's just to me what i take out of it is his like leadership style it's just so silly but so effective and yeah i just keep thinking of like okay how can i work this into my you know into my role like how could i be more like ted lasso in the office <laughs> and not get fired um <laughs> So I'm working on that in the back of my head. 
Um, but for a show, I am going to go right now with Glow, which is an older Netflix show. Um, I had started it and then kind of let it just kind of hang out there. And about a week ago, I started watching the episodes again. And having grown up watching Glow Wrestling, um, it was it was a come on like very late at night and it felt very naughty. It was like <laughs> like Benny Hill naughty, you know, like not really naughty, but like eh, I probably shouldn't be watching this at my age. Um, yeah. You know, and just kind of seeing the backstory of it, it's so interesting. And, you know, um, Allison Brie from Communities in there and Mark Marin, who is like one of the OG podcasters, um, they're both in the show. And it's just it's just a fun show to watch. Um, don't watch it with your kids. It's not a kid show. Uh, <laughs> there is nudity and cursing and it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's definitely not PG. So I'm going to go with glow um, for my music. This is always a hard one because it's so up and down. Um, but I'm going to go, I can't stop listening to Noah Khan. Um, you know, it started a while ago, um, and then I guess this summer he put out his the Stick Season CD, which has had a lot of viral fame, but, like, he's just got so many good songs, and uh, so that's a big one for me. Um, books, okay. books, it's a little harder. Um, right now I'm reading a m murder book, True Crime. True Crime. Um, so I don't think I'm going to give that, uh, I don't know. What was the last good book I read? I haven't really read a, a lot of good books recently. Let me look under my desk here. Oh, I'll give it to you. It's chaos. Um, so it was a long read. It's kind of deals with. Um, and the author is, hold on one second. Um, the author is Tom O'Neill. It's a book about Charles Manson, the CIA, um, like LSD. It's a pretty deep book. So again, a little true crime, but um, super interesting. It's like this guy's life's work. It's all he did is investigate um, sort of the discrepancies of the Charles Manson case. So I had read Helter Skelter a while ago, and this is sort of the, I don't know, rebuttal, it felt like, a rebuttal to Helter mm -hmm. Skelter. So I'll go with that. In movies, I don't really watch movies like you anymore, so I have nothing to add on the movie front. No not, worries. Not an ounce. Um, yeah. But um, I appreciated the conversation tonight. I don't think I could have yeah, had a better first guest. Um, you know, hopefully the technical stuff all works out. And, I hope so. Um, you know, maybe I'll have you on again. Okay. All right. All right. And um, for anybody looking to find Renee, I will have her social media uh, accounts in the uh, show notes, but she is Doulas on Instagram. Is it with an S? Is that right? Yes. Daylily yep. Doulas. And um, so you can find her there. And thanks for listening.
Yeah, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.